Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, scheduled for one fall or to curfew. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The last of the Titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. All right, fans of the Titans of Wrestling, if you're digging this show, you got to know that we've been doing them for a while. We've got an archive of shows that you're going to blow your mind. Just head on over to the Place to Be Nation to check them out. Titans of Wrestling Archives, you know you want to hear it. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome once again to the Titans of Wrestling. Um, the boys are back. I've got uh, Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good, buddy. You excited for the Royal Rumble? Yeah, you know, um, I, you know, I'm going to Mania, so I have no idea what the fuck they're doing for Mania. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll have an idea after this Rumble. And uh, Johnny, how are you doing, buddy? Tired. <laughs> Why are you tired? Well, I was up last night watching the footage and I fell asleep in my chair right at the end of the last match and uh, had many, many beers. And uh, <laughs> then woke up this morning and I was like, yeah, we're doing this at one o'clock, right? I get up at, <laughs> I'd set my alarm at 11, get up, and I'm like, like stumbling around, brushing my teeth, everything. I look at the phone. Like, all right, we all good to go? I'm like, uh, fuck, <laughs> no. Okay. I was going to go. I was actually going to like go have a nice breakfast. I, for, But for or, you. Or, I, or, or lunch for most people at 1 o'clock. Uh, no, it's 11 here. It was 11. Oh, okay. It was 11 o'clock. Uh, I, I was going to go have a nice sit-down breakfast at this lovely uh, diner down the road and have homemade uh, corned beef hash, but no, I, I sold for egg McBuffins from McDonald's just so I could be here. You, you, That's you, nice. You've uh, painted a picture of like literally like Lou Albano, like in the morning. <laughs> I know. That's what I feel like. <laughs> and uh, Kelly, trust me, I, I'm sure many a morning Lou Albano felt the same way. Except, okay. except, except, I think I'm not at the point yet where Lou Albano would would roll over and pour himself a drink. Yeah. Okay. He would chase the dog for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to McDonald's and having iced tea, so I'm, I'm still good. <laughs> and K- Kelly, how you doing? Uh great. Yeah, get to talk wrestling in the morning and then watch wrestling uh, in the evening with the Royal Rumble. So it's going to be a good day. And we got football in between. Yeah, and football in between. So wow, what Even a Sunday! I'm going to be watching the Royal Rumble. Although I just found out that my bloody NFL subscription expired. They set it to expire right before the the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, what the f- oh, yeah, that's yeah. lame. That's like, lame. Dude, come on. Yeah. And then now I've discovered that the bloody Seahawks are out and everything. 
Yep. You just found, yep. you just found that out, or yeah, because I can't watch any. I was I was planning on just watching all the matches, you know, watching all the games in one day, you know. But uh, never mind. I, I've been writing a book. Okay, it's difficult to keep up okay. everything. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Parv. I don't know the pressures. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but, well, you Parv, you can watch and cheer on the Broncos. You know, well, I can't watch anything now. My subscriptions were now. I'm not going to get into <laughs> the and the Seahawks are gone. I'm not going to spend another hundred pound. You know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, just before we uh, get into the footage, I want to have a little um, a plugathon here because. Uh, there's something that uh, especially uh, Kelly and I, but also Johnny as well, uh, need to plug. Because first there was Tag Teams Back Again and Titans Extra. Then there was Brain Buster. Then there was uh, This Week in Wrestling. But now the latest Titans spin-off is what, Kelly? Why didn't you plug it for us? <laughs> it's Mystery Titans Theater, um, exclusively on YouTube. Basically, we, we take um, old cards uh mostly bad uh actually uh, the worse the better and uh we do our uh commentary over them basically as the title suggests ripping off um the old mystery science theater 3000 program yeah. so we, i've we've had a ton of fun so far uh, i mean mm. that first card we watched from uh the cap center in 83 is still like seared permanently on my brain how worst, bad that was probably the worst card i've ever seen yeah <laughs> yeah. So Pete, you've dodged a bullet there. It really is. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I love talking to you guys, but man, I don't know if I'd I'd rather have diarrhea. It sounds like. <laughs> well, the last card we did for well, I, I, well, I, I, I eat at McDonald's just now. I'm going to have diarrhea. So just... <laughs> All right. So so yeah. Uh, so do a search for Mystery Titans uh, Theater. It'll come up on YouTube. Although I don't know if you saw that one commenter uh, on the actual YouTube. He was like, "Can you please upload this with the original commentary?" It's on, uh, it's on YouTube already. I was about searching. That's you know? that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I love I, I love the fact that it got didn't you, you, didn't one of them get flagged by WWE, but dude, they, they didn't they, take they, it down. Dude, they have all been flagged by WWE. They've all been flagged, but so, they didn't take them down though. So it's almost like they're like, well, we'll throw some ads on here, but uh, we really don't. Yeah, even even we don't give a shit. So what, what the WWE have done is they've made a copyright claim against all the stuff we've put up, but they are claiming monetization of it. So any ad revenue goes directly to the WWE. So there you go. Oh. You can help well, out Vince McMahon. There goes the retirement fund. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about it, though. Think about that. That means that somewhere in Titan Towers, they're like, someone watched enough of it to go, I think people will watch this. We need to we need to make a make a dollar on it, or maybe they're scouting you three clowns for uh, a network show. Squad, I said Raw that squad, the next Raw squad. No, I was thinking the next <laughs> uh, they've got they've got their YouTube channel. Okay, we want you guys to do exactly what uh, you do, but um, no more fucks, no more. <laughs> What's that thing that came from YouTube? Yeah, yeah. No, I I I, I won't take part. Is, and we're in, and we're just in time too because Mystery Science Theater is returning this year. So, oh wow, yes, we did time it good. All right, so let's move on. Uh, oh, does anybody else want to plug anything before we start? Let's do them all at the top. Well, I'm going to uh, 
plug again for anyone who hasn't listened to it already for the latest uh, Brain Buster, Brain Buster 8, uh, with uh, Parv here on it. Um, if you haven't listened to it, people out there, do so uh, right after you listen to this. It was awesome. Parv, uh, Parv be- became the Fonzie of, of the show. In a, <laughs> yes. when, when a show goes on and there's a, suddenly there's a breakout character, and <laughs> because Parv was the most entertaining <laughs> character we've ever had on, on the show yet. I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. That was a tremendous, tremendous performance. And, 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 and a hit. It's all anyone can talk about in the threads. Right. Uh, anybody else got anything to plug? Kelly? Yeah, uh, new tag teams back again. Uh, dropped yesterday. Um, Marty and I are looking at the Jumping Bomb Angels, um, the uh, Japanese tag team that came to the territory in 1987 and do, caused do, kind do, of do splash. Talk about Moolah's hit on them? Uh, not so much. No, um, Moolah's name definitely does come up, and uh, yeah, um, we also look at the Shadows. Mass tag team, totally forgotten mass tag team from 1987. So check it out; it's a lot of fun. And um, Pete, are you still using that uh, this week uh, in wrestling podcast to take shots at me, brother? Hey, you know it, man. Uh, we we accuse you of getting fanned by the boys on this one. So on the one we just dro- uh, taped, we haven't dropped it yet. Um, and you, have, you probably have no idea who the boys are because you don't watch current Ring of Honor. So you, you'll have to go find them to see what we're talking about, Barb. And um, uh, I was on Between the Sheets with uh, Bix and uh, um, uh, uh, Zellner. Had a lot of fun. Uh, we are having a well, yeah, this week in wrestling will be dropping sometime this week, uh, probably Monday. So, uh, to keep an eye out for that one. All right. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's get going then, uh, on this and, um, we're go- we're back in Philly, uh, here mm-hmm. in August, 1982, um, getting about a month away from the birth of, uh, me. <laughs> I'm almost mm-hmm. born at this point. Oh, <laughs> wow. Man, the countdown. The countdown has begun. <laughs> and it's uh, Bob Backlund versus uh, Jimmy Snucker. Um, and uh, did he, I'm sure you saw the fan there, Johnny. Um, yes. Jimmy Snucker, silent but deadly. Silent but yeah. deadly. Yeah. yeah. Just just ask just just ask Nancy Argentina. <laughs> oh, God. God. Um, well, um, God. Uh, so, Wait, am I sorry? Was that, was, is that one of those jokes I'm not? I'm supposed to be not allowed to tell. So, yeah. <laughs> well, d- just before I hand over to Pete here, what the hell was Carl talking about at the start of this match? He was like, and for those of you who do drugs, uh, that was in the middle of the match. I've got, I've got an entire page of Cal right, here. Let's, uh, <laughs> well, we'll wait for Johnny to go on that then. Uh, so, Pete, what did you make of uh, Backlund Snooker Part uh, 17 or whatever? It is? Yeah, I was really disappointed in this match after the one in the Garden, which was I thought was really good. Um, it was I gave it two stars because it had uh, because it, it was different. But I, I just never resonated for me. I like the nasty forearm right off the bat by Snuka. And then we get this big stall because they're bringing out Albano as the big counterpoint to uh, to Scotland, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, uh, we saw Bob work the arm with some vigor. Uh, Captain Lou trips Bob up. Uh, 
and uh, you know that you know causes gets some heat going. Um, but, we but get, uh, hold on, Pete. I want to stop you on this point on yeah. the on the on the Captain Lou coming out. Isn't it about time somebody called out Scarland on this totally like? Yeah, it's a total <laughs> double standard that <laughs> yes. Scarland's allowed out there, but the heel managers aren't. So like, I actually thought good on him, good on Snooker for insisting that Captain Lou gets to. Be and, and and what better city to do that in than Philadelphia, of course. Yeah, Captain mm-hmm. Lou must have been having like some a public appearance, so that's the only reason. He must have been like he had to go to court. That's probably the only reason why he's <laughs> in, in Philly, because those guys never went outside their uh, outside their New York comfort zone. Yeah. Or was the uh, or was the beginning of Vince Jr. having more pull? And uh, yeah, he's yeah. like, okay, Albano, you gotta go. But I never yeah. go. You do now. Yeah, I take that. <laughs> Call me Junior. You fat well, bastard. He, <laughs> fat wop. Yeah. Well, no, he's a Greek. Oh yeah, Remember? that's right. My bad. My bad. Uh, and, uh, sorry. Yeah, okay, no, it's all good. He, uh, we trip up Bob. Um, you know, get some heat. Uh, then they fight over this, like, uh, do the head, you know, the hand over the wrist lock, head over wrist lock thingy. Um, Snooker hair pulls. And, you know, Backlund was really good at the little things in this match, kind of like when uh, Snooker's working a lame-ass armbar. Uh, you see Bob working, moving his fingers, trying to show that he's trying to get a good blood flow going. So, so I like the little things in the match like that. Um, uh, I thought uh, Snooker's arm wreck was totally uninteresting here. Um, I like Bob's bump off the Snooker chop. Um, I think Bob gave Snuka a big backdrop, and Bob headbutt Snuka to bad results, you know. Um, but that uh, uh, pile driver uh, that Snuka took almost killed him. Um, and then we get this out of out of out of uh, you know just crap. It was kind of and uh, you know flop finish. Yeah, I mean I, Snuka took a lot of the match uh, uh, as opposed to a lot of the matches we see with Bob and. Uh, one thing, at least when Bob's on top, he keeps things interesting by working holes that are interesting. Snooker just he didn't have it in him in, in that. It's not his type of style of match. Uh, he's more of a bumping heel, and uh, so uh, and, and and by not by bumping, I'm not by talking about Stoogie, but he does have some really nice looking bumps. Uh, but it just didn't resonate for me. Two stars, Johnny. Uh, I, I I thought the match was fine. Uh, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't one of their the better ones we've seen, uh, but uh, yeah, but Pete's right. And as far as, yeah, it was all backland doing the little things, uh, that made it stick. It stick looked, uh, definitely dazed and confused <laughs> and, and many times, but it was funny that the manager thing is like the, the bizarro world. Cause usually it's the good guy goes back and gets himself yeah. a manager to, you know, so it was the, the flip of that, but Holy shit. Cal Rudman, we're going to miss this man when he's gone uh, from this footage because <laughs> he was on fire. Number one, uh, when we were doing the intros in this match, Snooker was getting tons of cheers and Bob was getting yeah. booed. But then yeah. during the match, it reversed back to the normal dichotomy for the most part. But yeah. during the introductions, uh, during mm-hmm. the introductions, you know, Bob was being soundly booed. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's, why the, the bit of Captain Lou business was in there because I think Albano turned around that heat a little bit. Yeah, it could be. It could be too. But then, so you're yeah, good. 
part because I mean, yeah. is like months away from turning babyface now, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure they they sense this happening even before it. So yeah, I think that was oh, that's yeah. a really good point there, Parv. Yeah, I also uh, think Snuka's uh, arm work was uh, deliberate a deliberate attempt to get the crowd to boo him or lose interest in him. I think because <laughs> um, he was getting popped, he was getting yeah, baby face. You know, that's I mean that's a that's I don't know if I buy into that argument, Kelly, but um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's an interesting take. Um, I'm not a fan. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, I I, I see where you're coming from on that, but. Making your works boring uh, to get the crowd on you—that's just bad work, in my opinion. Uh, well, I, yeah. I don't know. The old old-time guys were known for you know manipulating the crowd to get the desired reaction. And yeah, not, I would, I would, I, yeah, right. I would just—I mean, I'm I, I heard, um, but he should be healing it up a hell of a lot more than or do J- something. J- yeah, I guess. Jake has talked about that before, hasn't he? Just killing a crowd. Sitting in an old, mm-hmm. like I've, I'm sure I've heard Jake Roberts talk about. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it. I just, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that that, that was his intention. I, I just right. think he just. Well, I, just I figure it, it for a Philly crowd. If he was started really healing it up, they'd probably be cheering for him. So. Yeah, that's what just I else. Possibly, possibly. I mean, we won't know. So. Hmm. I, I'm sure we've given him far more thought than went through Snooker's head at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, on on to Cal Watch. He's talking about Snooker as getting into wrestling. He's you know he's just one of those cliff divers, Dick. You know, and he someone saw him in the gym and said, "Hey, you want to try wrestling?" He goes, "Hey, was it pay?" Yeah, sure. I was like, oh, "What is that? It's a hell of an origin story you've come up with." Fine, fine. What does it pay? Uh, and here comes Bob, and Cal was just nonsensical. Uh, look at him. Norwegian red wearing Kelly Green. I'm like, uh-huh. Is, is he Norwegian of descent? Like, like maybe. Uh, then he's going on about... <laughs> he starts going on about the lack of children, I guess, in the world. But he's like... They're talking about they had Bob on some telethon, I guess. I guess. In that show, we got Merv Griffin. You know, the one we got Merv Griffin and we got Scott Bayo. It's Chachi from Happy Days. The kids love him. The kids love him. It's all about the kids, Dick. It's it's all and really, honestly, I wish there were more of them nowadays. <laughs> so what the fuck? There's a lack of children in the United States in 1982. It's like I wasn't aware of it. I was a child at the time. I was rather lonely. Maybe that was. Even well, I was about to come on to his call, wasn't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not in England, you cocksuckers. I see it in Philadelphia. Uh, but then he's trying to talk about Bob. Bob, you know, uh, his adrenaline and through, from healthy living. And that would be to what you were talking about earlier, Barb, where he goes, in the middle of the season, I tell you something, Dick Graham. For those for those of you out there who do drugs, and my ears perked right up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you want to know about getting high? You know, take a look at Bob Backlund and his natural juices. Nothing. So, so does that mean if, if I you know got some of Bob's sweat, you know, and broke it down, you know, that that should be the best high ever? <laughs> um, Jimmy goes and gets loose. 
Uh, uh, Phil Zacco's uh, walking around like a mob, the old mob boss that he is. Yeah, he, uh, and and he gets he gets the line in. He's like, "You don't tell Phil Zacco anything." He's like, "That's like right out of The Godfather." He's like, "My <laughs> my name is Mo Green, and you don't tell me a Phil Zacco anything." Um, then <laughs> on to now I know I've been guilty of this many many times, but Cal outdoes me with trying to ham fist a bad joke and make it work throughout an entire show because he's you know he was so proud of this. He said, "If Freddie Vasey is a pencil neck geek, then Albano he's a fat neck Greek." And number one, Freddie Vasey isn't. A pencil neck geek. He calls people pencil neck geeks, and and then and Dick Greg goes, "Oh yeah, but you know he's Italian," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, well," uh, and he doesn't give one shit. The rest of the match, he's calling him the fat neck Greek because he's like, "I hired a staff of fucking writers, and I paid good money for that goddamn joke, and I'm gonna use it." <laughs> Terrible. Cal is like a street philosopher. He's like a he's like a poet, isn't he? Oh, totally. <laughs> he's like, I brought that one guy onto the arthritis telethon. And this was all true. You know, that we've read about how Cal's like was a major philanthropist in Philly. Mm-hmm. So he's going on about the various telethons he's run. That pile driver, right, just murder. And uh, uh, Cal's go, oh, when, uh, when, when, when Albano and uh, Scotland start going at it, uh, Cal's going nuts. He's, his voice is going high pitched. <laughs> it's just crazy. And Backlund wants to do it to Snuka. Like, this is this hardcore. But yeah, the fat neck Greek, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Just, just constantly. And the drugs thing. Let me tell you to you people out there who do, not, not who may do drugs. <laughs> he's fully aware that there are people in that audience who are fucking doing drugs and he's going to talk to them about it. But that made the match far more entertaining. I think with a Vince commentary from MSG, I'd be as more down on this as as Pete is. Yeah. Now, uh, Kelly, who was who was that blue demon character who came out? Who were the demons here? Yeah. Oh, the demons, yeah. Um, the Baron and uh, Charlie Fulton. No, I I thought that, but they look pretty big. Like I was like, is that really the Baron? He's yeah, but the Baron big. is big or was big. You know, he so was like six really five. Cool. He looked pretty. St- he was in good shape there as uh, one of the demons. I thought. Mm. I don't know. I thought he was looking pretty stacked for the Baron. Maybe he thought yeah. that was the. Maybe he was just full of energy because he thought this was us. Uh, you know, a new career for him. Uh, yeah. Break <laughs> out of the. There was, a, there was a lot of Phil Zacco action in this. Uh, oh, PSX, wasn't there? It was like, yes, there was. He's aged, isn't he? He was like in his in his Hyman Roth days, I guess. I was <laughs> thinking of Hyman Roth. <laughs> Sitting there in the dialysis machine or whatever. Um, yeah, he's like you know, later later on uh, later on his uh, his second in command Johnny Ola is going to be taking people to strip clubs. Candy, <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of this one? Uh, as a pure spectacle, like from the beginning of the footage to the end of the, the bra- uh, post-match brawl, I thought this was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, the bulk of the match was, was kind of dull, but with Cal's commentary, with the crowd, you know, cheering Snooka, booing Bob. And then I loved the post-match brawl. Uh, that was really entertaining. Um, so, yeah, this was fun. Um, uh, yeah, Cal's note about Bob getting high naturally 
what he uh, didn't say was, look at Snooker. That's how you get high chemically. It yeah. Was, I mean, when, he, when, he, when he first said I thought he was going to talk about Snooker, you know? I was like, oh, what the fuck's he going to say here? Yeah, yeah, maybe, the business on, yeah. Maybe that's why Snooker... I'm going to go out on his last show. Maybe maybe that's why maybe that's why Snooker kept coming back into the ring for more Bob because he, he got a sniff and he just... He was, couldn't get. He had to get more of that. Those Bob juices, I'm, brother. I've done coke from all over the world, but I've never had a high like a baccalaureate high. I, I did. The, the crowd were really into that Scarlett and Albano uh, face-off when they were going nuts. Oh yeah. Oh totally. And Albano yeah. does. He did his staggering walk around, but then he did come back in and take a flat back bump. So yeah. mm Hmm. Yeah, no, Scotland was kicking ass at the end there, laying out some nice punches. Um, I was, I, I got totally into that brawl at he the end. Bonus of the- in his pay pack that night, even his first time he's done any work in about six years. So. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe like uh, we said, McMahon, Vince Jr. had uh, said, it's time for you guys to start earning your keep a bit more around here, you guys gotta take bumps and uh, do a little work uh, instead of just Scar- sitting at things. So. Can you imagine Scarlett to Vincent uh, talking to Vince Senior? It's like the the kids breaking my balls here. He's, he's, he's yeah. I just want to play cards, and he's making me actually get in the ring. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, because we, we, it's true. We looked at the managers doing Vince Senior's reign, and they were always in the ring, like mm-hmm. 80, oh, 90 that. That's become a thing that's not just WWF, but throughout all of wrestling now. You even hear, like, in the indies, like, uh, the, all indie managers have to be trained and be able to, to wrestle and perform now. That's it's mm-hmm. that Vince, that's something Vince kind of started where all managers better be able to go in and work. I mean, I don't go off on too much of a tangent, but we looked at it and, like, Fuji and Bobby Heenan were having 80 plus matches a year, every year, if you look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Johnny Val, even Johnny V, you know, even Johnny V was back yep. in the ring, like, and he was retired through injury, right? So, um, anyway, P, I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I wouldn't give it much more than two two stars. There was one comment you made uh, where I thought, because uh, I did have the note that this start is very similar to the other matches, where it's basically arm work by Bob, and then Snooker takes over on the arm. I, I'm pretty sure they did that in all their matches. Um, but then the rest of it was different, like you said. But I think we spent long enough on it. Um, not not one of their better ones. No. So why do, why do we move on to the next match on this Philly card? Or another match on this Philly card, which was Andre the Giant taking on Black Janik Mulligan. And uh, one thing I noticed is that Dick Worley comes in for this, but they gave the title match to Savoldi. So is the writing on the wall for Worley here? Because uh, <laughs> Savoldi is getting the big, the big matches now at Philly. Oh, well, this was a pretty big match too. This was like a yeah, co-main. But, it, but it, the title match, the, the right. you know the kind of the kayfabe main event, if you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, there, um, there it was. Um, Pete, any thoughts on this one? Uh, this match uh, wasn't as good as like the previous one either. Um, I I thought it started fine, but it just lost it's lost its whole entire track after the second. After halfway through and then beyond, um, I gave it one star. I thought uh, early Mulligan bumped good for Andre, and then you see this bear hug by Andre. Okay, um, I liked Andre working the claw hand, 
and then you see Mulligan go after Andre's nose, and uh, we see Mulligan go for the claw, and then we see this rinse and repeat. Andre escapes, Mulligan claw, Andre escapes, Mulligan claw, and then Andre after the glove. I just thought it was just, I don't know, it just it seemed lazy. I think these guys should be having like a kick-ass brawl, and it started out that way and just, just petered out real quick. Johnny? Well, uh, I, more Cal. Um, he's going on and on about how Blackjack Mulligan has brass knuckles in his claw, in his glove, in his claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His yeah claw. that's nuts. His claw. I'm like, really? You know, a foreign object is sometimes, and then when it comes off, he's like, oh, I guess there wasn't one in there, huh? How about that? <laughs> 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 so funny. <laughs> and then he, gets, he calls him Dick Worley, my favorite. Is uh the ref, and he's like, "Hey, look, little Dick Wiley." <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't call him little Dick. He's already got enough of a fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, complex. Uh, and then he says, "I was at a pool party, <laughs> Dick Wiley, <laughs> a Dick Wiley pool party." Just a bunch of middle-aged lemon party gay guys just uh, <laughs> terrible. The hot tub looks like egg drop soup. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, the match, yeah, exactly. The rinse and repeat with the claw spot. Like, two times, fine. 26, no, not so much. Yeah. And uh, But when at the end, when it, you know, it breaks down to a brawl, and there's Phil Zacco, Zacco again, running around like, I'm Phil Zacco. I made my bones while you were banging cheerleaders. <laughs> and <laughs> then the crowd popped again for like Andre being mad, and that was it. And then one guy, there's one guy in the audience who's just giving the finger to Andre, like "fuck you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sounds like that was time traveling, Pete. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I would, I'd be, I'd be cheering Andre because I don't, I won't be, I boo heels. Well, no, you, you were mad because of the match stunk. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I'm starring. I'll see you, Pete. <laughs> oh no, nah, I, I traveled back to 1982 for this. <laughs> all right Kelly. uh yeah i wasn't expecting too much from this one i wasn't uh, a big fan of the previous match they had at the garden so i thought this one was actually better uh the crowd is really hot like you got the feeling this was a big time clash like the crowd was into it uh mulligan had a perm uh all of a sudden which didn't suit him at all uh well perms don't really suit men at all <laughs> anyways um yeah and then when well, cal you know, greg brady i, I was he had a groovy perm. oh no yeah yeah well he had a, blackjack had the the soul glow going on <laughs> from coming to america <laughs> yeah totally it wasn't like jerry curl um when andre ripped off the glove cal screamed he's naked mulligan is naked that was hilarious. Uh, I'm gonna miss. <laughs> uh, it's it's too soon, too soon, too soon to say goodbye. Um, uh, the the end was fine because you know Mulligan wasn't gonna give Andre a clean win, so this was basically the the end for them. Andre won by countout, and the crowd popped big for that. Um, so it was a satisfying finish. Like uh, I believe the last match between them ended in a double countout or something like that. So at least this match had kind of a, a definitive end with a winner and a loser. So I liked that part about it. But otherwise, it was nothing special. 
See, I think you're. I think you guys are counting Cal out too much or soon, man. Because I, I think he's better as the behind the scene interviewer. Well, you actually get to I, see the, you get to see the creep. You get to see how right. creepy he gets. I mean, well, so not only do you hear how creepy he is, you get to see it. It's even better, I think. There are two Philly cards left with Cal on them, but for mm-hmm. some reason, Crazy James did not put any of them on the the comp at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can only assume it's because he didn't have them. Because um, they seem two, two of the harder ones to get hold of. I also thought it was because of the quality of the footage often from the Spectrum wasn't uh, up to I mean, yeah. James was a, uh, a video quality kind of uh, yeah. nerd, I guess, wasn't he? So Yeah, he was. Um, but so, I say what I say was, he's still alive. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good quality to have if you're a tape uh, trader. Yeah, it's very good if you're a tape trader. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, so I mean, I'm not promising anything, but we, I, I would like to devote because uh, Cal has been of so much uh, importance mm. to our show. I'd like to give him a send off he deserves if we can. Right. So, and not only that, but there's some fun matches on those cards. Like there's the. Rematch between Backlund and Snuka. Uh, you know, St. Jones is the special guest ref, and, and with St. So. Jones just the guest ref. Uh, there's a Backlund versus Buddy Rose match that I've never seen before on the October cards. So. There, there's Could... an interview between uh, Pat Patterson and uh, Cal, which uh, sounds amazing. Yes. Close <laughs> Cal gets to actually kissing him, you know. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like Lionel Richie and Diana Ross, just real, real, right up close. My endless love. We, can't promise anything, but we will try to. We're gonna to, try. To source that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's it for Carl. Um, now, just before we move on here, I just want to pause a little bit. Uh, I hate to do this because we all love Andre, but am I the only one? We've seen what 79, 80, 81, mid mid eighty two now, who's been kind of disappointed by Andre in general. Uh, I mean, like everybody says, oh, yeah, he, you know, he was a much better worker when he was younger and stuff. But has he really shown it in the in the three, four years we've we've been watching here? Well, I'll say um, his stuff in Japan with Stan Hansen was really good. I thought his match with Harley Race in Houston was really good. Yeah, I agree um, with both of them. Yeah. I, I thought a couple of the other ones, I thought his match with Stan Stasiak was pretty good in Houston. Um hmm. Stuff from uh, New York, I haven't been that impressed with. I think he, I think maybe, maybe when it, when he came in and did the touring, out of out of out of his normal territory, um, maybe it lit a fire in him because he got to work with different people as opposed to how he's presented because he maybe presented differently. I don't know. Um, well, one thing I will say is that I have noticed that Andre works to the style of the place. So in New York, he was lazy, just like all the workers were lazy. I remember when he went to when we saw him in those few matches in Mexico. He worked a lot more comedy. When he was asked mm. to be a, a heel in Japan, he was a vicious heel. When he when he was asked to work NWA style in Houston, he worked NWA style. So, I mean, I guess you could say Andre was a, like did work to the style of the place, which yeah. is a good mm-hmm. thing to say. But he's kind of adaptable. Yeah, and right around this time though is when you're gonna start seeing the sharp drop off. Like when they people yeah. say about the young Andre, I always think they're talking about stuff in the seventies that we just don't have footage of <laughs> almost or really mm-hmm. early eighties. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> but right around here, you will from eighty two on, you're gonna see a sharp drop off. 
uh, mm-hmm. in Andre. And I know Jimmy Parker because I grew up with Andre. And I always thought, I was like, yeah, he's impressive to look at. But I never went out of my way to watch Andre matches. I'd fast forward them on the Coliseum videos for the most part. Because uh, you just, I mean, I didn't even realize the time, but his body started breaking down fast at this yeah. point. But, and uh, I mean, you can watch watch as his gut. You can really judge. Watch as that gut of his gets mm-hmm. bigger and hanging lower to where, yeah. at times, it looks like he's not wearing tights. <laughs> and you can. I'm, I'm, it's not even a joke. It's no, uh, it is. It's you know. I remember it was like when he finally turned heel and put on the singlet. I was like, thank God. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, and you just see him, and it, it, apparently that's when his back really started going on him. So yeah. he's good. And the touring thing stops because I, I remember seeing him in world class in 83. And I don't remember it being any more exciting than in his WWF work. Mm-hmm. Would you agree though, Johnny, that he has shown better work in other places like people say? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm saying it, coincidentally right around this time though, you're going to be seeing it just stay at this level for, for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. I think it's a combination of his body breaking down and that, he was booked kind of like the undertaker in the early nineties in the WWF, you know, one monster after the next. That's a, that's a good uh, point. Uh, that's true. Like that. yeah. yeah. Matches that, you know, you know, were heated or, or they were considered like big deals and stuff, but disappointed. And as far as like the execution and, and telling a compelling story, um, the one standout that I can think of, uh, of Andre from this time was that last match he had with Hogan, in Philly, where they both, I think they both bled, and uh, it was hot. Other than that, yeah, I've, it's been mostly uh, forgettable. It, I, I mean, there's one instance where we've actually seen him against the same opponent. We saw him against Killer Khan. Mm-hmm. The, the New Japan match is so much better than the match that we get from the Garden. Right. Uh, from those two. Uh, yeah, well, we got hey, the- hey, right, Andre. Don't forget and about I'm, your Atlantic City classic party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. The Atlantic City is uh, one of the better yeah, matches yeah. we've seen. That was, well. that was three years ago. Three years is like eight years in giant years. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but Audrey also, and to, to Kelly's point about the monsters, then he was expected to do a lot of lying around and selling for the monster to make him seem fearful. And lots of times, Andre lying around selling just looks like a, a giant laying on the mat and not doing much. Yeah. I mean, until it gets up a, a couple of years later, you have the infamous match with Stud, I think, yes. in Philly, where Andre falls asleep. Yes. Yeah. In the middle well, the of the one Harvard I saw on, at the Cap Center was equally as bad with him and Stud. Christ. The front face lock went on for legit like eight, nine minutes or so. <laughs> so horrible. Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was no, no, that was probably right around the same time because that was the I, yeah it was it was from that same program yeah that legendary uh, match people I heard about where yep. poor Big John Studs like sitting in the ring going fuck he's asleep and yeah. trying to work, trying to work around an asleep giant <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible yeah, so horrible Big John Studd was terrible as well uh, sorry um, anyway that was how interesting. dare you sir that, that was an interesting little. Uh, question to ask at this point i think because mm-hmm. um you know we've we've watched quite a lot now so let, let's move on anyway we're back in allentown or is it hamburg maybe either way joe McHugh is still there oh yes and his name is still joe McHugh. um and uh, we get barry hart taking on billy graham 
with uh, the Grand Wizard and uh, Kelly. Billy Graham is a picture of health compared to him about a year after this, isn't he? Not even. Eight months later, in April 83, he looks like he's got literally like weeks to live. He looks horrible. On that Cap Cut Center car we keep on talking about, and I... It just so happens to be one of the worst cars of all time. Like, I can't think of a worse one. It's way worse than Bunker Stampede. Who did Graham work? Sarbolomo. Oh, Jesus. Ouch. It's not just the low point of Billy Graham's career, but it's like the low, the low point of all wrestling. Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brutal. <laughs> Graham's actually pretty well built here. Here he looks almost as good as he did in the 70s yeah, yeah just, just leaner just leaner yeah did you, leaner. Did you notice we got, we got a very big early iteration of unbelievable from vince yes it doesn't bust that out uh, too much in these days but unbelievable um if you took that phrase out of vince from like five six years later he wouldn't have any other comments left <laughs> that's, that's all he that's all he says um so anyway pete uh any thoughts on this it was a pretty short squash. I mean, it was definitely a highlight match to get uh, Superstar Graham over, and that's what he did. And then he attacked him post match, and uh, and you know, he looked like maniacal and stuff. Um, Graham was never a great worker, and his facials here were like pretty over the top. But you know, it was fun for what it was. His kung fu looked less sad than it did when he was doing it in Crockett. <laughs> yeah. He was still learning. <laughs> The worst part, the worst part about Crockett Superstar Billy Graham was he had Kung Fu fighting playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. no, really, I the yeah, best. You're right, you're right. Yeah. That's awesome. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, over on my other show, where the big boys play, we still call the worst worker of the night award the Billy Graham Award in honor of Graham from that period, uh, because it's just uh, who does he work? Wahoo or someone? Oh, it's just horrible. Um, Anyway. Oh, yeah, um, Starcade. Is that a Starcade? What, yeah, Starcade 84. Yeah. Fuck off, Starcade 84. I misheard you, Johnny, okay? I guess. <laughs> 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 Honestly, I was all geared up. I was like Kevin Sullivan. Starcade 84. For the whole time, I was like, he said 90... I, what did you say? 94, wasn't it? You're still yeah. hanging on to this. I, I said 84. <laughs> basically, basically, Pete on, on Brainbuster, yeah, it was like, pick a, how many names you can name wrestled on a certain card. I was doing Starcades, and I clearly was saying 84, and ah. Parv uh, goes, okay, fine. He starts off with Kevin Sullivan. I was like, no. And he's like, well, he must have been there in 94. I'm like, no, it's at 84. And, uh, and he started like, no, you you must have said 94. And every other person <laughs> on the line was like, no, he clearly said 1984. <laughs> and he's still, he's still, he's still filibustering this. I love this guy. I love this guy. And this is before the 0 and 10 on the speed round? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many classic moments from that brain buster. But anyway, back to Joe McHugh here. Yeah. No one else can pronounce. I'm pulling you out of the fire, buddy. Uh, no one else can pronounce Florida like Joe McHugh from Miami, Florida. <laughs> God damn, that's a McHugh right there. And uh, <laughs> Billy Graham got some cheers, just nostalgic yeah. cheers, yeah, from people yeah. like, "All right, yeah." And he looked, 
like super jag still, but like we said, lean. Like when someone maybe uh, changes their diet when they're doing steroids and gets mm-hmm. lean, more like Rick Rude you know, yeah. than, than bulky mm-hmm. like Hogan. And uh, yeah. But even then, when you see that a guy with a body like that and all lean like that as he's getting up there in age already, it, to me, it's disturbing looking. <laughs> it just doesn't look right. I mean, like the, the old man with the, the super cut body and uh, the beginning of Kung Fu Graham here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever been to, uh, what is that place called in uh, L.A.? It's weird place. That beach. Venice Beach. Is it Venice, Venice Beach? Beach. You know, all the like the it's weird people. Like I, I went there once and uh, saw a guy uh, walk on like broken glass and things like that. Uh, I, thought, I thought Billy Graham at this point looks like he just he wouldn't be out of place. Like, oh no, not at all. Had a freak show. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's basically what it is. Let's face it. Well, yeah, yeah. it's the board. It's the boardwalk in Venice Beach. It's uh, it's all kinds Five of street street performers and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Hogan hangs and bangs. That's right. That's so, right. That's where it started. Any further thought? I think we should take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we'll uh, do the rest of, uh, we'll get into the MSG stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on the place to be nation place to be nation.com the kevin kelly show every episode is a winner at least we hope place to be nation's justin rosero here in addition to the kevin kelly show we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on itunes and place to be nation.com you can check out scott criscolo and me on the mothership the place to be podcast with our famous vintage vault pay-per-view reviews ptbn also covers current day wrestling with main event mission indie possible and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor Super Shows. And relive wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects in the form of exercises and games. we got sports covered, too, with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott, Dr. G, Cowboy, and Cowboy Sr., the Kings of Sport, led by Live Audio Wrestling's godfather, Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McClune Show. PTBN tackles pop culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular. And if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on PlaceToBeNation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. We want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick Island in Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaceToBeNation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is Parv, and I'm here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the pro wrestling-only Place to Be Nation podcast network. That's the PWO PTBN podcast network, where you'll find a ton of in-depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zellner's one-two punch of Exile on Bad Street and with David Bickenspan, a smash hit between the sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave. Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with Good Old Will from Texas. We got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show. Tag Teams Back Again with Kelly and Marty Sleaze. And a ton of other great shows too. And of course there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, 
Podcast Network. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to uh, the second uh, part. Uh, you heard the uh, the newly recorded ads there. Uh, the one that I did with uh, Johnny and Kelly just after Christmas was so bad that we immediately changed it again. <laughs> well, oh, well, good. Uh, that ad was so bad, uh, guys. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, oh, look at me! I was awesome. I'm, I'm it was my fault. I'm it was my it, fault. It, it, was, it was Kelly dogging it at house shows, basically. That's what I did. Doing a Bret Hart. Oh, you beat me to it, Pete. You're doing a Bret Hart at house shows. Yeah. That, was, that was my reference. That was my reference. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, great minds. I'm here with a, uh, a... I've got a new teapot. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm having uh, wow. actual Christmas, tea with, with Christmas tea. No, I bought it myself yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, What's her name? <laughs> So I'm, I'm actually having tea out of a teapot. Very civilized. All right. Um, now we are with... Speak, speaking of ham-fisting jokes on that one. What's her name? I know. Well, I do. <laughs> Go on, Parv. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have our own Carl Redmond, don't we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we have uh, Pat Patterson now uh, interviewing uh, Bob Orton Jr. And um, Grand Wizard is there as well. Although he doesn't really say a lot, and uh, Johnny, did you get, get any notes for this one? I uh, just think we had a little interview, and uh, where Pat Patterson's you know complimenting him on being a great wrestler, but he cheats too much, and Bob Orton telling him to kiss his ass, and <laughs> they'll, you know, maybe they'll meet, maybe they'll meet in the ring sometime to to straighten this shit out, and sh- sure enough, we get that in a little while. <laughs> they, he, called, he called Pat a dead duck, didn't he? Um, they, they went to this angle a lot, I thought. Um, yeah. Yes. Patterson was a commentator. I mean, this is like, what, the third straight feud? That they've third had. or fourth, even? Uh, third, I think. Slaughter, Mosca, and now Orton. I think that's all they're doing is trying to recapture the magic of the Slaughter feud because that was so yeah. successful. Basically, what I've noticed is is that the uh, contenders, the but the backland challengers, okay, they have basically two possible paths. Do you remember those like uh, yes quizzes you used to fill out? Uh, you know, yes, <laughs> no, like the, do you remember those things? Or um, the, or, the, or the choose your adventure book. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose, yeah, choose yeah. your adventure. Basically, they either get the IC title shot against uh, Pedro, or they get Patterson. Those are the like the two possible avenues, and uh, clearly Orton's got the the, the Patterson uh, avenue. Um, because he didn't get the IC shot, did he? Uh, I think he did actually. Yeah, he does. He, he does. Share. He gets his share, but I don't know right now. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they get all three. Maybe they. Maybe like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Orton was with the. I mean, with the company for a long ass time, so. Mm-hmm. He, he was all over. I mean, he was one of the what? best. And Orton. Kitties for him. Yeah. yeah. Does he stay all the way now? No, he doesn't. No, 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 no. He has the Crockett, and Crockett, he goes yeah. to Southwest for yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I'm just talking about this one. He comes in. He has the he has the challenge against Bob. Maybe he had a, a shot at uh, Pedro, and now he's in the Patterson feud. So yeah, it was like we mentioned. It was in Backlund's book again. He uh, all of a sudden at the same time you had Mulligan, Orton, and Snooker, and right. the Snooker thing took off so big it kind of left the other two with. They didn't get to yeah. have their long runs, and they had to yeah, find I'm, other stuff to do yeah, with I'm them. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Orton worked Morales a couple times. Yeah, and he had one shot with Bob at MSG, and he works Andre at the next MSG show. That wasn't televised, so he also got Andre in there, too. P- Patterson is actually, if you think about it structurally, I'm talking about in the old uh, Chief J Strongbow slot, because that's how they always used to work it, was the, was the champ 
um, then they went to the next one down, and it would be uh, a strongbow on the way out, wouldn't it? Well, it's also a trope that's been done a lot. It's the the guy who was a wrestler who's now an announcer, and something happens, and he's going to get back in the ring, and they just went to that well quite often. They would do it down in a uh, Crockett with um uh, Johnny Weaver and shit, like, yeah, that, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, now we go to MSG, and we get Bob Orton Jr. versus Pat Patterson, which in my Titans mind is a dream match on paper. Uh, did it live up to it, Pete? It was good. Um, I, I This is the match I actually nominated for the WWF uh, Death Valley driver set that uh, hopefully we'll have out sometime this year. I was going to say year. that if it hasn't been, it definitely should be. Yeah, I nominated it. I gave it three and a quarter. I gave it a low-end nomination. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought there was a lot of fun stooging by Orton, and I thought Orton was fantastic in this match. Um, and I thought Orton was great in patch sign sequence. I thought Orton's diversion on the ref to gain control was great. We got a great corner bump by Orton, and that hurts his knee, and then Patterson's all over the leg. So, this, I mean, the storytelling is spot on. And we see Orton with an awesome dra- drop kick that Patterson bumps the outside for. And now and Orton's still selling the leg, uh, selling the leg, sells the leg damage. And then you see Orton uh, with an outside in suplex, and Orton legs give out, you know, good storytelling. Um Patterson's crushed on the top for the DQ, so the finisher came across pretty damn flat. Um, and you just find, you know, this was pretty pretty solid stuff that you wish you got more time to develop. That that was my more the one thing I felt like I felt these guys had a classic match in them if you give them the, the eighteen to twenty minutes. But here you got what maybe twelve. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Ten, ten, yeah. Ten, like, and, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that, and that's how their matches were all over the horn. Was they, you got ten minute, ten to twelve minute matches where I feel like they could have, you know, had a one that people remember. Uh, you know, I, like they could have had a, a top forty match in the WWF if they got the time, but they just never got the right. time to have it. You Do know, think Patterson could still go though. Uh, like 18, 20, maybe like ten minutes was his limit at this point. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think his cardio is. No, I don't want to say shot, but you can see like even even this match went with ten or twelve, and they did a long, not a long, long, but a pretty long at the finish, King of the Mountain spot, which Pat had becoming started using more and more as a staple uh, towards the end of his career, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it was uh, to. I think uh, if he ended up going eighteen minutes, I think we probably would end up getting like four minutes of King of Mountain spots, honestly. <laughs> What well, do you think? It, it. The, the reason I do you remember I did that 1983 booking thing. I made uh-huh. uh, I made uh, Patterson and Ray Stevens my tag champs in 1983, and I was consistently getting that note. You, you book these guys to go too long, they were knackered and all this sort of thing. So <laughs> <laughs> just made, I was thinking more like a booker than a than a fan there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, any thoughts? I I just loved uh, Bob Stugin, like uh, Pete said, uh, that, like the spot where he gets fling into, fl- uh, flung into the ropes and just gets like caught like a, a yeah, fly in a spider's web. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that looked really cool. Uh, it was just a lot of fun, uh, and I wish it was longer. Uh, Kelly, yeah, I really liked this one, um, and the the crowd at MSG did too. They were super hot and really behind Patterson like he was getting a huge reaction the they were... was mental on this particular yeah. yeah yeah he was so over as a babyface at this time um 
I like I the think, near fall. I think part of it too, you know, I think part of it too is because Orton was selling so big for him too. You know, you don't yeah. see heels selling that, that big, you know, unless you're like Sergeant Slaughter. You know, for the That's, most part, the heels didn't sell as outwardly like that, except for him and maybe Slaughter. When you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Even even uh, Valentine was it was a great heel. He didn't sell like as big as those guys did, you know. No, that wasn't Valentine's style. No. Um, yeah, Orton's great, great stooge heel. Um, I really like the near falls Pat got. Those were uh, well timed and and worked great to get the crowd into it. Pat took some nice bumps. Uh, the one out to the floor was uh, pretty good uh, from the drop kick. That was great. Um, and Orton was great selling the effects of the figure four uh, for the remainder of the match. He kept that going with the limp. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I mean, this ended, you know, in uh, with Pat getting countered out. So, of course, you, you'd be building to a bigger match. And But I don't think it ever, ever happened. Uh, not at MSG, anyways. So it's kind of weird that they went with this finish. I guess maybe they changed their mind or something about the direction. Because it seemed like this was just setting up for Pat to get a big win in a rematch, which didn't happen. So, But this was good. Yeah, and no, I, I obviously love both of these guys. Um, you know, I don't want to talk about the greatest wrestler ever thing. But they're both guys I want to, I'd love to have on my list. I don't know if they've got enough. Orton, Orton, Orton doesn't get enough love, you know. Have you watched I, this Billy Jack Haynes work uh, no, part? I, Orton's a guy. I'm gonna do a big, uh, you know. I'll spend the night just watching as much Orton as I can because I love the guy. I honestly think. I mean, um, Adrian Adrian Adonis is another guy that we saw recently who I think yeah. is amazing. Bob Orton mm-hmm. Jr. is just. I mean, he's got like bombs, bumpings. Like he is as close to being a perfect worker that I can. Yeah, he's a guy who just carries the action, like I mean, because he has enough offensive tools. But when he's selling and bumping, that's where he's at his best. And I mean, honestly, watch the Billy Jack Haynes because uh, I think we'll all agree. I mean, Billy Jack Haynes was a stack, great, a good-looking, you know, big guy. But no one would ever call him a great worker. But man, uh, Bob Orton leads him through some really fun matches and stuff, and it's amazing to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and his selling, and his selling is. That perfect mix of okay, where it's almost c- comedic selling, mm-hmm. but just going right up to the precipice yeah. of being ridiculous right and stopping right there, yep. and stopping mm-hmm. right there because the way he sticks his ass out, like ooh, uh, and his facial expressions, it's very comedic, yeah. but just not that one step over to where it's silly. Yeah, he showed more ass here than probably Randy has shown his whole entire career. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I I love the I love massive, massive performance. I mean, Pat Patterson, we saw him when he was closer to his prime, was a similar worker, right? Big, yeah. big, big performance. So, I mean, I have got nothing. I mean, Randy uh, Bob Orton uh, Jr. Sometimes, in some aspects of a performance, actually reminds me a little bit of Terry Funk in some of the things. Yeah, that he does. yeah, I yeah. Agree. I totally agree. Um, Actually, so yeah, I'm I'm very big on him, and uh, I'm big on obviously Pat is slowing down here, but I loved seeing um, like a great worker give back to a kind of an, an aging great worker. If that makes any sense, yeah, no, that makes good sense. Yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. good to see somebody working that hard for for Patterson. Pat. He deserved it. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I love this match as well. I gave it four and a half. Beat. I don't give. Them... Holy moly! Uh, so, sorry, three and a half. Three and a half. Four and a half. No, 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 three and a half. Um, I was at. I don't give the quarter rating, as you know. So I, we're basically the same on it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, okay. The, uh, when you said four and a half, uh, that's just like you're having a brain buster. No, night. No, no, no. I was about to say he's getting his own questions wrong. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> three, three and a, I misread my thing. It's three and a half. But, um, yeah, tremendous action while it lasted, but it's hurt by the finish for me and uh, the shortness, like we've all said. If if it was just even three minutes longer, I reckon you could get Stargate up into three and three quarters, four. Yeah. If, if, if we'd had a little bit more. Um, just have a little bit more meat to it, yeah. So anyway, very, uh, from that, um, on to another, a very different matchup now, and that is uh, Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid. That's right, people, I said that right. It's 1982, MSG, Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid. <laughs> what on earth must have the MSG crowd made of this is my first note, and one of the very first thing Vince says is that I don't quite know what these fans uh, can make of this. Yeah, he uh, said he was at the fans in Madison Square Garden don't know quite what to make of this. <laughs> and then uh, he was almost laughing towards the end because, um, <laughs> what is it, like a moonsault or something? And uh, yeah. Vince is like almost laughing. He says, a move never seen uh, uh, before at Madison Square Garden. So What a uh, maneuver. <laughs> it was quite funny to see Vince himself entertained by, by uh, how different these guys were working. So... Pete, what did you make of, uh, this is a curiosity if ever there was one. Yeah, it was, I thought the crowd uh, ate this up with a spoon because how quick these guys are working. You're not used to seeing uh, the speed these guys were, uh, the pace they were cutting. It was insane. Um, now, I don't think, I, I, it was, I mean, it was pretty much a, like a great, a good good spot fest. There really wasn't a lot of storytelling going on here, but it was just crisp moves, like, you know, jaw at the time, for the time moment. Uh, you're just like odd and stuff. I mean, the match only went like eight minutes and like 32 seconds or something. I give it three stars. Um, but, but I mean, if, if I if I probably saw it right when it happened, it'd be like, oh my god, five star classic because they were cutting a pace that no one in North America was doing. You didn't see moonsaults in 1982. You weren't seeing uh, uh, the, the chain wrestling that Dynamite and, and Tiger Mask were doing. Uh, but, I mean, it's still interesting. And uh, But, I mean, when, when you look at it, it has flaws because there really wasn't a whole lot of, like, you know, psychology to it. But um, uh, it was still an action-packed uh, match, and uh, it was worked perfectly, and he got over big in the garden. I'll say, Pete, that I've watched a lot of their matches from 1982 very recently, within the past okay. two months. And I actually like them more than a lot of people do. Um, I think I think that's one of those cases where people are like, you know, yes, it was talked up as a five-star classic and they weren't. And now they've gone too far the other way. I, I see that happen all mm-hmm. the time. Um, mm-hmm. Where people are, like, oh, it's awful, and it's, they're not. They're really some of those matches are pretty good, I think. Anyway, I haven't watched them. Uh, yeah. Like I wasn't the group who was shitting all over it because I didn't take, I didn't watch the New Japan set. Right. Um, but I, I remember liking them before the New Japan set. But then all of a sudden, I, I just think it's one of those narratives. It's got, it's, yeah. it's, it's gone a bit too, like probably a bit too far. But what, one thing I, one thing I want to say on that is that. They do not work those matches like Tiger Mask. Like Tiger Mask in New Japan, isn't isn't the guy we see in this eight minutes here because he came out here to dazzle this crowd. Yeah. 
because he doesn't mm-hmm. do like all that sort of spinny kind of super fast chain wrestling that they were doing here. That they don't they don't do that in New Japan. So it was interesting to see like what they put on when they were just when they knew that they just had eight minutes to like you know blow the minds of these fans. Yeah. I, think they, I think they set out exactly what they wanted to achieve here, and I was one thing that occurred to me watching this, and maybe Johnny wants to speak to this, is how much do you think that this match here led to Vince then hiring the the, the Bulldogs a couple of years down the line? Because uh, I'm sure he would have remembered this. Um, oh yeah. Like well yeah, because when he bought uh, Stampede, he had the very short list of who he wanted, and Dynamite was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it must have made like enough of an impression for that, and um, I'm guessing if Tiger Mask hadn't retired, I, maybe he would have made an offer for him as well. Yeah, possibly. I, totally. Like, totally. Like, when, when he when he did the the, the stampede by, I mean, what was the story? Dynamite was on his list. He's like, I want him. Yeah, it was Dynamite, um, Brett, and uh, and it was Davey, wasn't it? And Davey, but Brett was even. And Danville, too. And, yeah, it was the fourth. That's right. Yeah. But Brett was even. I think even in his book, he mentioned that. That was more of a favor to Stu. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, the Brett was not what he hit. He's like, okay, no. I'll take him too as a favor to you. But Dynamite was the guy at the top of his list. So yeah. I would think that you're mean, right, Mark. We have watched a lot of MSG cards, the, the four of us. And the only time I can remember an act getting over as quickly as these guys was uh, when we saw Steamboat and Youngblood come in that one time. Yeah. 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 Similar. Very similar. This reminded me. I'm sorry. This reminded me of. Uh, we we mentioned this uh, previously. That black cat, whatever the fuck it is, on the first Coliseum uh, uh, video, the cobra. The cobra, and uh, black where tiger. black tiger. That's it. And yeah, I was first time I saw that, and I remember thinking like, I think that might be the best match I've ever saw because I've never seen anything like it. And I think the exact same thing that was happening here with this crowd. No, I started falling asleep at the same time though. So. <laughs> uh, Kelly, yeah, it, it's it's a, a fun match. I saw this one years ago. I, I watched most of the the pimped uh, Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid matches years and years ago, and uh, enjoyed most of them at that time. And this was the first time I've revisited it um, since then. Uh, yeah, it's it's great as as you know you got to put yourself in sort of the the body of the MSG fans at the time and what they'd seen for years and what they were still seeing, you know, for the most part. Uh, I just got thinking about the Baron and Dom DiNucci and thinking <laughs> this is the complete opposite of that, you know, that that sort of match just like this was worked at 100 miles an hour. Um compared to most of the uh, undercard matches in, in the WWF at the time. And it sucked the crowd in for sure. I mean, most hadn't seen this before. Uh, Dynamite worked in Calgary, but uh, it didn't really work anywhere else in North America at the time. Tiger Mask. Well, yeah, I think yeah, Portland, yeah. Was, no, Portland, Portland was later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Portland was 83, 84. Yeah. Uh, so Dynamite was new as well. And yeah, it's it's an interesting curiosity uh, um, for me. This match. Um, how about that backdrop that Dynamite took, where he almost did a friggin' 360? It was awesome. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, Dynamite was one of my favorites right at the beginning when I was a young fan, and I've always had a soft spot for him. Um, so I, I, I'm excited for uh, most of his matches. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just a super interesting match um, from that perspective of what was going on at the time. And definitely it was a preview of what would come eventually, of course. But Picture, even that... Uh, the- the Baron backstage, they 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 come back through Gorilla. They, what the fuck was that bullshit? Exactly. Well, I, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I'm, legit. I'm sure there was a lot of guys back there that were like, "What the fuck? You know, we can't follow that. What are we? What are you guys doing? Why are you working so hard? You don't have to do that. You make everyone else look bad." You know, that was the old mentality. Or, or even just even the ones, or even the ones that just go, "You you fuckers don't know how to work." Yeah, that's bullshit. You know, flipping and uh, flying. Don Morocco uh, with Tiger Mask up against the wall. I have to go an hour on Tuesday. Do you realize what you've done? Exactly. (laughs) Don Morocco. Yeah, I mean, the only thing for me in my time in the frame would be the time I saw, first time I saw Jushin Thunder Liger at Super Brawl. Uh, Right. This would be the thing that you you actually compare it to in our lifetime, you know. I, I honestly thought. Um, Great Muta had that effect on me the first time. I- oh yeah, Muta. okay. Oh yeah, Muta. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, but uh, just before I move on from this, I hate to get all serious on work, Ratey, but um, I've really dug the Dynamite Kid stuff uh, on the New Japan. I think he's perfectly fantastic worker. Um, like Tiger Mask himself is very botchy. Um, would he make your list, Pete? Dynamite Kid? No, he won't. I think that interests me. Any any particular reason? You just think I, I don't like I don't like his storytelling. I don't like his psychology. I thought he was a lot more flash than substance. Um, uh, yeah, it's just something I I mean I well, everything he does looks credible and all that. But I sometimes I question why he's doing this instead of this. Or I just never thought he uh, I never thought his psychology was really good. I I can't really tell any difference between him and uh, well the, the man who shall not be named. Uh, I like because I've seen quite a few Voldemort, Davy Richards. No, (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about Chris Benoit, of course. I mean, I've seen quite a few Benoit matches recently. I saw uh, rewatched the Angle ones, and they don't really hold up for me. A lot of those matches. Um, He seems a very similar worker to me. Very well. Dynamite was his hero, so yeah. Like, would would you draw those same? Do you think would you draw those same criticisms against Benoit? No, I thought Benoit was a better storyteller. Uh, Like, if you look at like his. I just thought Benoit, if he was working an arm, he could work an arm. If when he's working a leg, he worked the leg. Dynamite seemed a little like a spotty all over the place. Right. I, thought, I thought Benoit was a little bit more focused as a worker. Okay, all right, I can I can see that. I just uh, just was interested. Yeah, I can, and, and, you know, and he might make my list, Dynamite. I mean, he's. Yeah. I just I just don't. It's just it's that. Uh, I'm not. A, I, I like a guy uh, who has a, when he's telling a story, he's telling a story, and uh, and dynamite. He's just one, and it might be because people say how incredible he is, and then you see, I watch him, and I'm like, oh, he's good, but he's not like this. Like Brett says, he's the greatest worker who's ever lived. You know, it's just. I think he might be one of those. I think there's a lot of people who think he's incredible, and uh, uh, I, I I just don't think he's as good as I don't think he's as good as his reputation uh, is. So, like, would you have, like, AJ Styles above him? Because I've been watching uh, quite a few of his... Uh, I, I, I prefer AJ to him, yeah. Right. All right. Um, I'm guessing you'll make your list easily, Kelly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, probably uh, probably top fifty, I would say. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't know. I have to I have to see how it all shakes out. Um. So anyway, we. Got... I will say though, I thought his Portland stuff is some of his best work though. I got to get around to seeing that because honestly, I've only seen maybe one or two matches. Does he so. work Buddy Rose? Yeah, twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Hennig, too. yeah, he worked Hennig and uh, did a bunch of six mans. A lot of fun. I mean, he wasn't there long, but it was it was fun. Well, we go now to a promo uh, from uh, Jimmy Snooker and uh, Lou Albano, and uh, basically the the message here is that Pedro was going down, uh, going down in the next match to another defeat and um, my note here is that Albano's uh, Fijian sounds suspiciously like a Japanese what do you think Johnny? <laughs> oh, do you think? <laughs> it, 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 it's he complete. just comes out with that same gibberish it's just, it's just same old gibberish <laughs> it's great um, so this is for the IC belt uh, Pedro Morales is still the IC champion dear god um uh, taking on Jimmy, uh, uh, Snook- I mean, is he just uh, been the champ since 1980? No, there was, a, uh, there was a spell where it was Morocco, right? Yeah, other than yeah. I think four months or so, five months. Yeah. Ugh. Yes, and Morocco will get it back soon. Too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ivan Putski is the ref. Some things never change. <laughs> M- Morales and Putski. Uh, and uh, I've got, I got a note here saying that Putski looks like a little action man blown up to life size. Oh gosh. I, I, I didn't know that Putski looks like every asshole gym teacher I ever saw. Yeah, exactly, with the frizzy Thank hair. God. The stupid Those little shorts. shorts. Yeah. Those shorts are so tight. Oh, God. Horrible. And the shirt that's tight on him, too. God. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's, all, all he needed was a whistle yeah. <laughs> around his neck and, and start telling him all to do laps. And uh, just before I hand over to Pete, I did have this halfway through the match. I wrote this in my notes, and then later I retracted it. I've just written, I love how Pedro went out there and had this match after the previous ones on this card. No pride. The injection of work rate on the card had no effect on the flying pig, because the flying pig has no pride. (laughs) So that was was something I wrote about uh, Pedro's complete laziness. However, uh, shortly after I wrote that, uh, things seem to pick up towards the end of the match. So Jesus Christ, does he owe you money or something? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I thought when you were writing that on on our chat, I thought you were talking about Strongbill, and I'm like, I didn't think he worked. Bad. I've been calling Pedro the Flying Pig for a while now. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you have. Uh, anyway, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I saw him at I saw him at a Pink Floyd show. What did he make? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he make of this one? I thought it was pretty heated, so that was good. Uh, we see Snuka bumping around early, trying to get Pedro over. Um, then we have I, one, one thing I'll say. I've been bashing Snuka today. Is um, he looks like a star, though? I mean, he looks like a pimp in that in his outfit and his pregame stuff. I mean, he holds he, again. He conducts himself like a star when he's walking to the ring and stuff. So he has the it factor going for him. So I, um, I just haven't been a fan of his work today. Um, we see Snuka controls with a long headlock. I mean, long. We see some chops from Snooka, and then he clamps on another long-ass headlock. Um, but then we see Pedro on the comeback, and Snooka takes this, like, ten-star pump off a Morales punch, and it was fucking incredible. Uh, Morales uh, takes uh, goes outside and posts Snooka, and then uh, Snooka with another uh, 
pretty freaking impressive bump. Um, and I go, to, I'm like, I'm like, too bad he's wasting them on a shitty match. Um, Sh- uh, Snooka's running headbutt was really nice piece of offense. Uh, both guys are uh, just, you know, chopping each other and punching each other. Um, you know, it was what it was. Like, it ended up getting interesting, and I gave it two and a quarter stars. But for the first, t- like, 10, 12 minutes, I think of this match, 118, it was pretty lifeless. But, man, uh, it picked up at the finish, and uh, that's really the most important thing about wrestling uh, when you're building, making money. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I, it got better. But, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. Uh, it's, it's, the it's, like, it's like the diss I wrote in my notes. Like, kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know, put its hand out across time. And Pedro actually sat up and took notice. He was like, I do have pride. And then he gave us, like, they because they, they did literally wake up after I wrote that, and the last six minutes of the match are hot. I thought. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, Johnny, did you enjoy this one? Uh, I fell asleep in the middle of it, uh, but it was very late. So. <laughs> this would be the match to fall asleep to. Uh, it, it was very, very late. I kept like, trying to... Well, it must have been the this. first or the second long headlock spot. That uh, but I did get down... Well, they, but but I, as I'm falling asleep, I'm writing notes. So I'm, you should just see this nonsensical scribble. It, it looks like my my scribbling looks like a Sarah Palin endorsement. It just makes no sense. Um, but I do have in here that I don't know which bump you were talking about, but Snooka had a crazy bump to the floor. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah, but, so I got up when I I finished watching it this morning, and. Uh, Let's just talk about how inept fucking Ivan Putsky is. Uh, <laughs> as a, as a, he's supposed to be the you know enforcer type referee apparently. Mm-hmm. So at the end, it's a double DQ. They're rolling around, choking each other, literally choking each other. It's awesome. He's got muscles. He could separate them, and he just keeps yeah. waving. Ring the bell. That'll make him stop. And maybe just lightly going, putting his hands in, and then. Acting like the match was still going on. He's a moron. <laughs> he is Ivan Putsky. He's a Polish fucking, fucking dummy with his dumb fucking shorts. So just ugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that whole thing because they were having this great brawl at the end, and yeah. Putsky's just standing there, like wagging his finger. Don't do that. Like Snooki even get like slams Morales, gets up to the second turnbuckle to do a falling headbutt, while their special referee with all the muscles is right there and could have just stood in front of him and stopped him. No, he'll just wave his finger at him and that's the end of it. I was like, oh, you want to talk lazy? Laziest man here. Ivan Putsky can't even be a special guest referee, right? I tell you, it's that guy whose stock was very low and then fell even more. Was Ivan Putsky? Like he has not impressed me once, apart from one Zabrisco brawl. Yeah, I did. In fact, I did like him on one of the Houston matches. Uh, Pete, I think against the Funks, was it? Oh yeah, when he tagged with Wahoo, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously the worst thing in that match. Yeah, he was. The worst thing <laughs> still. I still have my soft spot for Ivan Putsky as a wrestler. From growing up, but all these referee bits, I mean, he's just stinks. He's like, <laughs> what's the point? Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any thoughts? Uh, I, yeah, I think this may be the last uh, Putsky ref match, actually. Uh, it's the last one I can think of. 
Um, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> hopefully it is, because, yeah. S.T. Jones works the next one. All right. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't wear ball-hugging shorts like uh, Putsky did in this one. Oh, God. I just, I, yeah, I despise Putsky. He's he's my strongbow. I, I just hate him. Um, but this match I thought was good. It was one of the better Pedro matches that we've seen, I think. Ooh, um, man, Kelly, uh, I don't know, buddy, but go on. Well, I mean, what else? What do we have? We have the I mean, Texas Death. Yeah. been a couple other I know there was a Hanson one that was better. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't think Pedro's a great worker, so he's not even sniffing my top 100 list. Uh, my, um, my buddy Chad was watching uh, one of our Mystery Titans theaters uh, the other night, um, Kelly, mm-hmm. and uh, he just sent me one message. Pedro sucks. <laughs> I mean, he has got a lot of crap, hasn't he? In, in yeah, yeah, he has he's a one of good matches against Valentine. I remember that, but yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of in his no. arsenal. No, Sergeant Sorry. Slaughter. Sorry. Yeah, no, he had. Yeah, he has good matches against good workers. Otherwise, he's content to line holds. Yeah. You know, we remember the the matches with Morocco that Morocco. were mostly bad. Um, but no, I thought this was yeah one of his better ones. Um, I like Jimmy's bumps. The the flying bump um, out of the ring was spectacular, um, and this got hot. And Pedro, you know, he, his best role as a wrestler is the big comeback, the pissed off comeback, and so we got that here. And the finish, you know, it it, it was uh, heated, and and uh, you felt the hate with the choking. And and Vince multiple times mentions it's a no uh, holds barred match, and yet it ends in a double disqualification. Crappy, like Johnny said, with Putsky just barely even trying to split them up. And yeah, so totally unsatisfactory uh, finish. But um, I, I was never bored with this match or anything. I thought it was good. Well, one thing none of you guys mentioned was. Um the uh, superhuman uh, Pedro at the end here because pile driver f- frog splash from the top. What, what did he hit? Like an elbow or headbutt from the top as well. Uh, I mean, the, in this period, that would kill most guys, and he, he kicked out of both of them. So I, just, <laughs> I just thought they were pretty like massive near falls for mm-hmm. uh, that. That would be in the awful now. Um, you know, getting up from a from a because that was basically his finisher, right? That frog frog splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, Pedro had never lost an MSG at this point. I don't believe he so was it, protected. I just, I just thought, you know, there were, there were shades of like WrestleMania five here, like kicking out. He was kicking out everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the one where he hits five elbow drops, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was a bit surprised by uh, just how much they were putting uh, Pedro over at this point. I mean, if you want to talk about booking, how about maybe putting Snooker over here or making him the IC champ for a bit? I don't know. He, he, I mean, he was the star in the ascendance. So because they were, they were about to turn him babyface, so... Why can't, he, why can't they just have him beat Pedro? Because you that's don't like the way to have done. Two, yeah, yeah, and they don't like to have two uh, babyface baby faces long, the... yeah, for long term, so then you had to beat him eventually. And it's not definitely not a WWF thing back then, or even most places where a heel wins a belt and then changes yeah. Uh, yeah, affi- no. uh, affiliations while wearing a belt. That doesn't yeah. happen. Do you think the fans no. would have still point, rioted yeah. if uh, Pedro had lost in 1982? Uh, I don't know about a riot. But... No. no, and why beat Pedro? Pedro was still over. Pedro... Yeah. 
was, uh, they were using the icy belt to headline uh, shows without Bob, so there was no point in in having Pedro get knocked down the cards. I, I, at this I was point. just thinking about making a guy, you know, making a guy. Right, but uh, Snooker was made in the cage who be, match. Who beats yeah. Pedro's MSG streak? It's like right. Take, uh, right. Well. Yeah, that would be, him. but that would be him never being beaten in the garden wasn't exactly like a major plot point, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't mentioned. Yeah, no, but it was just a fact. Yeah, basically, that's it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I gave this. I, I'm uh, very aligned with Pete tonight. I, I gave that three stars as well. So, did you give it three stars? Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. All oh, right. Well, I, I was. I liked it a bit more than Pete did. Yeah. By the end, although the first, if it was just the first ten minutes, it'd be like minus ten or something. Cause I, I, Fifth half was terrible. Um, let's move on because now we have an interview uh, with uh, Lou Albano, Fuji, and Sato. Not really a lot to, to say there. It's just a little preamble to yeah. um, a six man tag that they have. Did you watch the interview, uh, Johnny? I did. I watched uh, the interview and half of the match before I ran out and got something to eat. But uh, uh, Albano was being calm, Albano. And it talking about the six man and he's putting over, he's like putting over the opponents, you know, the strong bows, you know, they're looking great. Uh, they're right on the, right on the precipice of being a championship team, but they just don't maybe have that one thing, the guts that we have. And then the man mountain himself, uh, the Andre, the giant and putting a blackjack Mulligan uh, and my team have maybe something a little bit more, maybe a little bit more intestinal fortitude, you know, a little bit more guts and a lot more of Captain Lua you know. <laughs> And, uh, and Vince like, yes, that could be the the turning point is whether or not there's you it could be a detriment to your team that they've got you, Captain Lou Alvano, and <laughs> who gives them the the stink eye like whoa. <laughs> no, that was all there was to it. So now um we get uh, the evil Japanese with Blackjack Mulligan taking on the Strongbows and Andre. And uh, there's a little wrinkle to this match where they say that the only reason Andre signed this match is to get another shot at Mulligan. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he, they could only do it through a six-man. Um, and uh, to your point earlier, Johnny, they're, they're putting over Andre as being almost 500 pounds these days. So he is mm-hmm. getting bigger. Uh, Pete, now we, we, we've liked uh, the, the Strong Bows Japanese pe- uh, matches so far. Did this one compare? Yeah, I like this one too. Um, and I think it was hurt because it was two out of three falls. I think it would have been better if it was just a one fall match because uh, of some of the booking decisions on how they ended the fall so quickly, where instead of milking things out. Um, yeah, I think if this is one fall, I think we could have had like, if there was a, honestly, part of I bet uh, you might have the editing skills. I bet you could edit this, edit, edit it to make it a one fall and move some of the parts and you'd have like a three and a half star match. Cause I thought that there was enough action and enough interesting things going on. Uh, it was just in, in, in wanky orders and weird things happening because of the two out of three fall strike. Okay. Yeah, okay. Here's all you see. If that now becomes a thing, Pete, where uh-huh. people edit matches together the way they think they should have gone. I'm going to fly to Texas and bite you. <laughs> they, they do it with Star Wars, don't they? Everybody's got yeah. Star Wars. Oh, I know. Uh, that, I hate that, too. Yeah, it's just on the, uh, YouTube, the cheese, anti-cheese editor, whatever, where they cut all the 
bad, all these shitty cheesy parts out of the prequels. Um, I uh, I love uh, Mulligan running away from Andre because uh, it builds into the uh, on he can't get a singles match with Mulligan, and I like Mulligan playing chicken shit here. Um, and then he tags out to Fuji, and Fuji bumps big for Andre. Um, now it's Saito's turn, and he goes after Andre for a bit, uh, but to no avail. And then uh, uh, we see Jay Strongbow's in there, and he's he's looking pretty sprout for a guy his age. And uh, I thought he was looked good, and I thought the heels were stooging pretty damn big for him. And and I'm like, I think this is about as good as I've seen Jay Strongbow. Um, finally, they cut Strongbow off and set the heat up, and uh, and we get uh, we get this heat segment real quick, uh, but. Uh, uh, Saito and Fuji uh, sets in and uh, and they get a real quick pin on him. You know, it was like boom. They finally uh, double team him. Like this looked like they're starting up the heat, but the heat doesn't last very long. It goes right to a pin. That's what I meant by kind of like how things kind of like went too quick. Where I felt like they could have milked this and just gone uh, into. I don't want to go off on too much of a digression, Pete, but that's basically my problem with all the lucha that I've ever seen. Is because I I cannot get into that very quick. You know where they have. Boom, boom, boom! Three. I was like, "Fuck! What? What just happened?" Yeah. That's, that's basically my my. That's why I can't get into it because it's I, just like I, this match. You know, they don't let anything breathe. Play out. Breathe. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's a good one. And then the second fall, we see uh, uh, Jay starts it, but Jewel gets in there and he gets worked over. And then you see Jay get the hot tag, and then he scores a pinfall again. Uh, they they don't they do, it's all one sided at one point, and it just doesn't uh, doesn't resonate. And the third fall, you see the Strongbow uh, scores the pin, and then we get the it was all chaotic and wild. And I just felt it would be better suited. I gave it two and three four stars. I just feel like it would have been better suited. It was just a one fall match because I felt I felt the, a lot of stuff in the matches were interesting, but they didn't give it time to develop because they're going into the second fall or into the third fall. Uh, if you if you follow what I'm saying. No, absolutely, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I, I do not like a short two out of three falls match. Basically. Yeah. Um, Johnny, uh, for the half of the match that you saw. Yeah, well, uh, uh, so wait, Chief 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 Jay Strongbow was looking sprout. Uh, he was. Uh, jolly, he was wait, no, you mean yeah. you mean no, wait, wait, no, you mean spry? The sprout sprout is a vegetable. Now, okay, whatever. Now, right? he often looks like a vegetable in the ring, but not no, no. Uh, Andre's got a glove. Yeah, he's fighting fire with fire. Uh, he's got himself a blackjack glove. I guess where wrestlers go to buy their gloves. It's from the DiBiase collection. The, of, <laughs> he, of, probably to, he probably had to send off for it, being on. Yes. You know, you, you need a special one. Uh, of, the, of the DiBiase collection of leather gloves that somehow hurt <laughs> for no reason. Went to the same supplier as that million-dollar belt uh, shop that he goes to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when Worth Baron gets his capes, they're also... Uh, exactly. Yep. There you go. They've got masks. The Lower There's East a com- Side. Yeah, it's the yeah. same guy. It's the same guy on Lower East Side that makes the the tights for uh, Martel and Gurria. What was that story about David Crockett? He had to like, he he went to he had to go and try to find the props for the shows and things. Yeah, he ends up with the Cats and Nine Tails for the Rock and Roll Express <laughs> and then uh, and uh, Freebirds uh, Country Whip or yeah, Country Whipping Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but um, now see I. Turned it off after the first fall, and uh, 
so the one little bit I liked about it was because Fuji just did like a karate thrust into the dude's throat. Pins on one, two, three. But when he stands up, he stands up and does this very genteel bow to Andre with a little like flourish, like ta-da, <laughs> and walked away. It was such a dick move. <laughs> I loved it. So to me, that match ended right there. The bad guys win, and we all go home happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, this was fun, um, exciting at times. Um, Andre with the glove to counter Mulligan. It was hilarious with uh, Mulligan screaming at the ref for Andre to take the glove off. What a hypocrite asshole. Um, just total old-time uh, heel sort of attitude right there. Yeah, um, He's stealing I, my gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially stealing Blackjack uh, Lance's gimmick. Right, yeah. Um, I I noticed a lot of old people at ringside, and for whatever reason this struck me that, wow, in just two years, that would be all gone from MSG, basically. And it would be that. They all all died. I forgot forgot to mention this earlier on, but when we were talking about uh, Tiger Mask versus uh, Dynamite Kid, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I saw an old man in the crowd who was stubbornly refusing to be drawn in by it. <laughs> I could just see on his face, he was like, oh, I'm not. I'm oh, not probably. I'm working too hard. Or no, whatever. working too hard. He's like, what the fuck is this tumbling around yeah. faggot bullshit? Yeah. It's par when someone kidnaps him and takes him to a Ring of Honor show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the equivalent exactly. of me then. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know the guys. You know the guys like he's like, look at this fruit with a cat mask on. What the fuck is this flying? Yeah. If I wanted to see this, I'd go to the goddamn circus. Yeah, yeah, probably. There was definitely, if you watch our match again, there's definitely a dude in the crowd who's not. Right. About it, so. Yeah, on, sorry. Yeah, no, it's just an elderly crowd, like a typical crowd from that time. But it would change so quickly uh, in two years, uh, where you'd have mostly uh, younger people. Uh, in the front the, row. We saw it on the 85 show that we watched from uh, Boston. Well, yeah, 84, yeah, when, yeah. Yeah, when it yeah. goes to the rock and wrestling, you'd assume it'd be a younger crowd they're drawing. Yeah, the makeup, yeah, the makeup. Totally well, well and then with the, with the Boston show we watched, uh, it went from like these old people to a bunch of teenagers who just filthy mouths who just yeah. wanted to give everybody the finger. Sure, <laughs> they're definitely yeah. in change. Yes. Yeah. A youth uh, revolution. Anyway, um, back to the match at hand. Uh, Chief J looked good. Uh, Spry, yes. Uh, got a nice shine in. The crowd was still really into Chief J. War chants um, were quite evident. And yeah, this was also kind of like the blow-off to the Andre Mulligan feud for MSG uh, with the way it ended. Um, where he, uh, Andre got the claw on Mulligan. Basically, you know, coming full circle from Mulligan, putting the claw on Andre and uh, making him bleed on TV. And, you know, like I said earlier, Mulligan wasn't going to do a clean job to Andre. So this is kind of how they go around that to uh, give a satisfying finish and end things. And yeah, yeah, this was uh, perfectly fine and a good way to end things today. Oh, wouldn't you? Kind of, uh, well, Fuji's kind of got the look, that face where he looks like he's laughing at somebody anyway. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that early interaction between those two. 
I enjoyed uh, Mr. Sato smacking the shit out of Jules. Uh, I did not enjoy Jules sneaking between Fuji's legs, getting the hot tag to Chief J shithead for the second fall. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all in all, I gave it two stars. I mean, it was it was good. Not the best match with these guys. I think the, the presence of Andre and Mulligan brought it down a little bit. Um, and similar problems to Pete in that I don't I don't like sudden falls in you know I, I, I honestly would prefer just one fall for any sub 20 minute match to be honest so unless it's world of sport so there we go um, yes so uh, that's it uh, and I, I got chastised by somebody for forgetting to do the end of show awards last time yes I read that um, naughty, so naughty. Apologies for that. Let's actually remember to do them. Uh, match of the night. Pete? Uh, I'll go Orton Patterson. Yeah. Me too. Jelly? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with that match too. I really liked it. Same, Johnny? Uh, I'm going back on Snooker. Okay. All right. Uh, MVP. This is an interesting one, Pete. I'm gonna go uh, Bob Orton. Mm, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, that's who I'm gonna go with too. Sorry for being predictable, but uh, yeah, I like uh, Bob Orton's performance was great. Same, same, uh, Johnny. Phil Zacco. <laughs> that was my number two. Um, yeah, I, no, I, the only other guy I'm, I'm thinking about is Tiger Mask, just because, in terms of getting over in eight minutes mm-hmm. the crowd was absolutely in the palm of his hand by the end of that match yep. so, um, but I love Bob Orton and he gave the better performance so I'm going to give it to him but it's honourable mention to Tiger Mask there um, probably the most impressive match of Tiger Mask I've seen just, just from a spectacle point of view um, and then worst worker of the night I think I know who this is going to Pete uh, hold on, I don't know. Um, referees, <laughs> oh, yeah, Ivan Putsky. There we go. Uh, Johnny, Ivan Putsky shorts. <laughs> oh, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I'll say you Ivan Putsky boys, balls. Boys, boys that, that's not grand larceny of that joke at all. I'll tell you that. <laughs> can, you, can you see why I forget to do this segment now? We never get any proper analysis. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's quite proper. <laughs> proper. Are you going with Putsky as well, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Putsky. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go with Pedro. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Just, beca- just because of his contentment to lay there after all, everybody was working so hard on this card and he's like nope <laughs> until Snooker basically forced him to by the end of the match so, yeah um, there we go uh, but yeah Putsky sucked as well so um, now there's a there's a bit of a question over what we're going to do next are we going to do the next disc or are we going to do that Philly card um, we have the next disc. <laughs> right. Well, we can. I know the next Philly card is is available. Like, wouldn't be hard to acquire. Because I, I, I I've seen that that next disc goes all the way to like November. So. Right. Going back quite far to do those Philly. Who did Who did Backlund work it on eight thirty eighty two though? He worked. Uh, uh, Buddy, Buddy Rose. Rose. Yeah, that's on the. That's at the very beginning of the next disc. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, James wasn't good at uh, clumping all the matches from the same card on the on one disc sometimes. But uh, or, or taking medication, or, or a few other things. But uh, we, we it does. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hats, yeah. hats on. Shine on, you crazy diamond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it depends. Yeah, the next one is actually the next disc is is very heavy on TV matches, um, Saturday TV Six. matches. Um, it's got the superstar Graham angle where he destroys Backlund's belt that I've never seen. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for that. It, it is very memorable because of the crying. And, yeah. Uh, but it, and Barb, I'll tell you, I don't know if you got to that part in the book. Bob talks about that and how well, it, it, at the time they thought it was a great idea, but when he went back and watched it, that he, he was just like, oh, I looked like a jerk. You know, basically. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he buried it. He buried the whole run with The me. whole thing, that's, yeah. That's his, that's his Oscar nomination win there. Yeah, that's his revenant. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of torn because the, the 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 TV on the next disc looks looks interesting. Yeah, we get the debut uh, of Rogers Corner. But we do we do need to say goodbye to Dick and Carl. So uh, it could be either or. It could be so uh, long, farewell, <laughs> yeah. you idiot again. All yeah. leaders in goodbye. We flit, we float, we fleetly flee, we fly, we fly. <laughs> So it's, it's possible it could be our Dick and Carl farewell show. It's possible it could yeah, be, uh, I think we should try to. I think we should. If we just thanks for the memories. Well, you, know you know, there's two cards, right? Yeah, I know. If we could find the October one, I just I, I haven't seen the October one listed anywhere. Um, uh, so uh, we'll have we'll, this conversation off air. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'll wrap up. Uh, enjoy the Royal Rumble, everybody. And, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll get this up before then. Before it starts, to give somebody something to look forward to if it's not very good. <laughs> Killer Cow. Killer Cow Rudman. Killer Cow Rudman. And what a night this is here at the Spectrum. Killer Cow. Killer Cow. Killer Cow. Killer Cow Rudman. Killer Cow Rudman. Here in the interview area. Cal Rudman in the interview area. You're about to see a grudge match you'll be telling your grandchildren about. Now, we interviewed Bruno Sammartino, and he was uh, talking about how age didn't matter and how he, how he did not like, does not like, Rowdy Roddy Pike. Killer Cal. Killer Cal. Killer Cal. Killer Cal. But look who we have here. The champion. But look who we have here. The champion. But look who we have here. The champion. But look who we have here. The champion who we have here, the champion. And what a night this is here at the Spectrum. Here in the interview area. And what a night this is here at the Spectrum. Killer Cal. Killer Cal Rudman. And what a night this is here at the Spectrum.